everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. So we're in this series called The Church, Keeping It Real. We want to keep it real here. We say that New Point is a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And so let me ask you a question this morning. When you hear the word church, what do you feel? What comes to your mind? No doubt a lot of different emotions because you have different expectations of the church. But I bet that it's a far cry from what the first original church felt or would say. Because in the first century, from the very start, the church was a movement. It was a movement. It didn't begin with an institution. It didn't begin with liturgical thoughts and ideas or tradition. There weren't Bibles. There was none of that. There was no staff, no pastor, no hierarchy. From the very beginning, the church was a movement, and it was around a simple idea. And the church launched an event that caused the world to never be the same. And here's that event. It was that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That the one who came, who predicted his own death and his own resurrection, fulfilled his promise. And it galvanized the first century believers in such a way that they turned their world upside down because Jesus proved that he was who he said he was and that he would do what he promised to do. And it's the eyewitnesses of that event that launched that church, that launched that movement. And for the church to be able to reach its potential, you and I must realign our thinking. We, we must get back to the original intent of what God had in store and what Jesus had in store when he launched the church. Do you realize that the church, the word church, is only mentioned about three times in Scripture? Only three times? Because it's really about the kingdom of God. The church is here to bring about the kingdom of God. Jesus was talking to the disciples one day, and he was asking them, who do people say that I am? And, you know, some said, ah, we've heard that you're John the Baptist, or you're Elijah, or you're some prophet. And then Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter got it right. He said, you are the Christ. You are God's chosen. You are the son of God. And Jesus said, you're right, Peter. And it's upon this rock that I will build my church. And Matthew records it. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The Greek word here for church is ekklesia which means called out ones, an assembly, a movement. It's not a program. It's not a place. It's not a building. And, and Ecclesia was the church, called out ones, and they were called to serve their community. They were called to serve their, their, their towns, their region, the people that lived in their neighborhood. Matter of fact, the word Ecclesia implies the word stewardship of community life. And by definition, the church was never supposed to focus on itself. The interests and the issues of the community 
were to take precedence over everything. And that's why they turned their world upside down because the church was a movement and they lived out their name, ecclesia, called out ones to take up the interests and the issues of the communities. Jesus went on to say after he spoke those words, I will build my church. He says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Keys are important. That's how we got in this building today. Somebody had a key. Keys unlock things. They, they take you places. He says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Wow. He says, you know what? I will not only build my church, but I will give you the power and the authority to live out and to demonstrate who I really am. And Jesus is referring to the church. That listen, listen to me very carefully, that you and I have the ability and the authority. If you know Jesus Christ, if you've accepted him as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, you have the same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead living in you. And we are called to do the same work that Jesus Christ did while he was here on earth. And so you have authority, you have power to be able to go and to be able to minister to people like Paige because they're all around you. They're at your schools, they're at your work, they're, they're, they're at your, your place of, of working out. They're everywhere and they're crying out, can somebody help me? And God has given the church to be able to minister his word, his hope, his life. And so we're called to be the church. We're called to be in people's lives. We're called to be able to minister hope and help and, and, and freedom and forgiveness and joy and peace and purpose. It's all about invading our communities. It's all about being who Christ was while he was here on earth. What is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and the Holy Spirit, joy of the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is. That's what Paul said. Look, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So you and I, as the church, we are here to take back everything that Satan has stolen. Y'all okay on that one? What's righteousness? That means that we are to lead people into a right relationship with God and with one another. We're to be peacemakers. Y'all okay on that? We're, we're, we're to be able to share the peace that surpasses all understanding, that guards one's heart and one's mind, no matter what's going on. We, we are to be carriers of joy, that, that people can experience joy and strength and power and walk through disappointments and even defeats victoriously. You see, the kingdom of God is God's way of thinking. It's God's way of living. It's God's way of being. And if you are a Christ follower today, you are the church. See, Jesus said it like this. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life in all of its fullness. Jesus is the church. He's the founder of the church. And he's called you and I to be able to call people to live life and life to the fullest. That's the point of the kingdom. He didn't say, I've come that you might have abundant church services. He said, I've come that you might have life, that you might enjoy and experience it to the fullest. And God wants people to experience what he had in mind when he first created mankind. He wants you and I to experience his righteousness. No shame, no guilt. 
in right relationship with him. And because I have no guilt, no shame, then what happens is I don't spread it to other people so I can be in right relationship with him. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to have joy. It's that simple and it's that profound. And that's the church. And we've got to keep it real. You see, the the life that God intends is more than just church life. Are you a church person? I hope not. I hope not, because you're religious then. I, I, I hope you are the church. And he wants you to have more than just a church life. He wants you to have more than just spiritual life. He wants you to have emotional health. He wants you to have relational health. He wants you to have op- economic opportunities. He wants you to be able to, to experience food and shelter and safety, all of those things. Everything in life that's good, God wants you and I to experience. And once we experience, he wants us now to bless other people in that way, in that way. Jesus made this statement before he even launched his ministry. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to the downtrodden. Good news. What's the good news? You can have a relationship with your creator. You can be made right with him. You don't have to live in guilt and shame. You can experience peace and joy in a broken, fallen world. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. What? From fear, from anxiety, from worry. Y'all okay? You'll have peace. That the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free. You know what? I'll forgive you so much that I'll give you the power that you'll be able to forgive the people in your life and you won't be held in prison by what other people have done to you because you won't forgive them. You won't release them. I'll set you free from that. You see, Jesus healed people of disease, dysfunction, discouragement, depression, all to show that his kingdom had come to earth. And that's what the kingdom is all about. It's about bringing healing. It's about bringing hope. It's about helping people. It's demonstrating God's intention to redeem mankind back to what he first initially had in mind when he created Adam and Eve. And so Jesus has called you and I to a life of meeting others. You wanna know why you're so blessed? Not to increase your lifestyle, okay? It's to bless other people. You're called to be a blessing to other people. We're called, if you're the church, you're called to alleviate the suffering and the pain and the natural part of living in a broken world to all the people around you. Is that significant? Absolutely. There's not a greater calling in the world. And he made it clear that his priority was that his kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy would be manifested on earth. When the disciples asked Jesus, hey, you know what? I've been watching you and and I see you do this and I think it's a key to your life. Would you teach us how to pray? And, And here's what's recorded about that. Matthew records it. Jesus said, here's how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come of righteousness, peace, and joy, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why tomorrow we kick off 21 days of prayer. Prayer is a powerful, powerful thing. Have you noticed? Damar Hamill, Monday Night Football, An athlete gets hit, stands up, drops. 
And then we see other people around them dropping to their knees. What was forbidden is now welcomed. Seeing grown men cry. Seeing grown men cry and call out to God because they understand how fragile life is, that we live in a broken world, that your life, my life can change just like that. And listening all throughout the week, and I'm a sports junkie, all right? Watching to NFL today, and a guy bows his head and he says, I'm gonna pray. And he prays, and he prays not to God, he prays in the name of Jesus. Hello, hello, hello. And then just yesterday, I could go on and on about this. Just yesterday, I'm listening to the NFL today before the game, and they're talking about this. And Randy Moss said, I got to say something, y'all. He said, there's power in prayer. He said, I grew up in church. And he said, there was a saying that I heard when we grew up in church, and it was this, that God is good. And other people on the set said, all the time. And then they said, God is good. And he said, all the time. A football coach, Rex, broke down in tears. Why? Because it lets us know our mortality. Last night, before the game, before the game, okay, think of this, the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars and uh, the Titans gathered at the center of the field and they all knelt and they prayed to the one true God. You tell me that America is not on the verge. America is hurting. America is fearful. America is scared. America is nervous about everything that has happened. And, and they're, waking, they're waiting for the church to get awakened. They don't care what you believe. They don't care what I believe. They need to see a demonstration. They, they need to see the church. That's you and me. When we see broken people at work and they're struggling in their marriage, they're struggling with an addiction, they're struggling in a certain area of life, we just say, hey, you know what? I'd like to pray for you right now. And here's how I do it with people. I tell people, I don't close my eyes when I pray. So you don't have to either. But I pray for them right then, right now. Y'all Okay. You say, Dwight, I can't do that. Well, then get to the point of where you can. Make 2023 where you build your faith and your spiritual life of where now what happens is you're on the end of giving and not just receiving. Because God wants the kingdom of God to invade this world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You see, listen, Jesus is more concerned about giving, getting heaven to earth than he is about getting earthlings to heaven. We think it's all about getting saved. Oh, that's important. But it's much more than just getting saved. It's the demonstration of the power of God in people's lives. He wants us to bring heaven to earth and he's given us the church to do that. You and me, don't think less of yourself than what you should. You have the power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead living in you. And we can't be the church that just lives for ourselves, for our own comfort for our own convenience. Jesus said it like this to his followers. If you insist on saving your life, you will lose it. That's why, that's why churches, these services are boring to most people. You know why? Because you're trying to save your life. You're trying to play two ways and you can't do it. 
He says, only those who throw away their lives for my sake. That means that you're willing to embrace the awkward situation. You're willing to be maybe embarrassed a little bit. But I tell you what, I've never had anybody, never, whether it's in the grocery line, whether it's in the hospital, whether it's at a gas station, I've never had anybody refuse for me to pray for them. You know why? Because they know that their life is shattered. They know that their life is broken. They know that, that they need help. They know that, that, that there's something there that, that can deliver them and, and free them. And they want a part of that. He says, for my sake, for the sake of the gospel, we'll ever know what it really like, what it really means to live. You want to know what it really means to live? Be the church. Be who God created you to be. Be one who speaks of his kingdom at work, at home, at play, at school, wherever. L listen, hey, you meet me, you're never going to be the same. Y'all okay? You say that's arrogance. No, that's faith in God. He's called me to be salt. He's called you to be salt. He's called me to be light. He's called you to be light. Anytime anyone should interact with you, they should know that there's something different about you because the God of the heavens and the earth dwells in you. And you have all authority in heaven and earth to be able to speak life and hope and deliverance and freedom to everyone. Listen, mom and dad, it's true with your sons and your daughters. You got a son who's struggling. You got a daughter who's, who's struggling. Mom and dad, be the church. Don't call the youth pastor. Be the church. Lay your hands on them. Pray over them. In the name of Jesus, be the church because God wants you and I to be advocates of him to every man, every woman, every person, whether it's our wife, whether it's our husband, whether it's our sons or daughters, nieces, nephews, coworkers, bosses, whoever. You see, here's the story. And I wanna share this story. Matthew records, he says, Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogue, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing what? Every disease and sickness. Listen to this. When he saw the crowds, when he saw the people at work, when he saw the people at school, when he saw the people at the party, when he saw the people, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Man, I tell you what, I see a lot of people who are harassed and helpless, full of fear, full of anxiety, full of depression, full of discouragement. Am I gonna get this? How long am I gonna live? I just had this friend die. I just had this thing happen. What's gonna happen to the economy? Man, there are so many people who are harassed and helpless. It's unbelievable. And it's a great opportunity for you and I to be able to bring the kingdom of God in their life. He says they're like sheep without a shepherd. And then he told his disciples, listen to what he told them. The harvest is plentiful. I mean, there's plenty of people who are harassed and helpless, but the workers are few, but the church is few. We don't have enough people who's taking up the interest and in the issues of the people around them. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And that's my prayer for us today. That God, matter of fact, when it says send out, it literally means kick out. Kick them out of the buildings. Kick them out of the service and get them out into their workplaces so that what happens is they can minister to those people. You see, the reason why God has blessed you is for you to be a blessing to other people. The reason why you know all about this, okay? The reason why we gather here. You see, the church, like what we're having today, is like a hub at an airport, okay? Anybody like to get stuck at the airport? 
I don't think so. I think, I think we just learned about that, didn't we, over the holidays? People mad and upset. People are stuck in the church service. See, the hub, the airport, is only there to get you somewhere. The church, what we're experiencing here today, is not for you to camp here or for you to say, I can't wait to come, come back next week. No, what happens, this is a hub to help you to get to where you need to go, your workplace, your community, your school, to empower you, to refuel you, to renew you, to recharge you, to reconnect you. And Jesus calls you and I to be able to do that and to be able to live in a different way. He calls you and I to live in a way in which we push back darkness. Listen, this morning, I, I, I prayed over every campus. And you know what I prayed? that Jesus would push back the darkness. See, we have an enemy that doesn't want this message to get out. Do you know that you live in a world of darkness? That's why we're called to be the light of the world. And so wherever you go, wherever I go, we should bring light into that situation of hope and healing. And he calls us to live in such a way that we push back the darkness in our schools. See, we're more concerned about getting this levy passed or that thing passed or whatever, and those are all good. But the fact of the matter is we're not dealing with the root of the problem. The root of the problem is you have an enemy. I have an enemy. He wants to bring darkness and destruction and disrupt and deceive and destroy. And yet Jesus Christ has been risen from the dead, and he has said, I have conquered hell and everything, and I live and I dwell in you, Dwight. And he wants us to take back what Satan has stolen from your family, from your friends, from your coworkers, from your classmates. And we have the ability, we have the authority to do that. Why? Because here's Jesus's goal. This is the purpose of the church. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. How do you get a rich and satisfying life? You allow Jesus Christ to come in and dwell in you and fill you with his spirit. Why? Because we believe that Jesus makes life better and he makes us better at life. And unfortunately, we've lost our way in this. And so the church is not concerned about the issues and the interests of the communities. We're more of a fortress instead of a movement. And we have to come back and we have to be the salt and the light. We have to be the answer to the world's issues and the world's problems. And we have the answer. His name is Jesus. And what, once you put him in his rightful place, he solves a thousand problems. And then he'll help, you without the, he'll help you with the other ones that you have as well. And so what needs to happen in you and me for us to be able to do this? Because we're not living out the original intent. We think church is a building. No, church is a man or a woman, a student who's given their life to Jesus Christ, who the power of God now dwells in and wants to be manifested through. And I'm not asking you to be weird. I'm not weird. Well, maybe I am, Okay but I'm not weird in that way. I'm not weird in that way. I, 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 the fact of the matter is, I, I do understand that darkness is prevailing in too many of, uh, of people's lives, and I'm out to push it back. I'm out to deal with it. I will pray anywhere and everywhere. And I think that we've just seen this past week, people are hungry for that. People are, listen, people are having DeMar Hamlin experiences, not on a football field, but in your office, in your workplace, in your schools, in your neighborhoods. They're dropping just like this. Not physically, but figuratively. And you know what they're saying? Is anybody there to help me? Just like Paige, is anybody going to help me? Does anybody have any answers? That's you. That's me. If we're a Christ follower. 
So how, how do I feed this within me? Let me leave you with some things this morning, okay? What happens is we want our communities to know that we're there. Not just New Point, you, the church, that we're there. We're here. We also want our communities to know why we're here. We're here so that you can have life, a satisfying life, so that you can have life to the fullest, so that you can have a healthy marriage, so that you can have a great family, so that, that you can be able to do life and live life and be able to enjoy life. Also, we want our communities to be glad that we're here. You know what, man, I thank God for New Point. I thank God for the people of New Point. I thank God for, for you being the church because my life is better because you are here, because we're helping them push back the darkness. And then ultimately, we want to endear ourselves to the communities that we're in. You know why? Because Jesus endeared himself to people. And, 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 and that allows us to be able to say, hey, you know what? Let me tell you, the real answer, his name's Jesus, the one in whom we serve, the one in whom we love. I love what John Calvin said. He, he said it like this, the task of the church is to make the invisible kingdom visible. We do that by living in such a way that we bear witness to the reality of the kingship of Christ, that he's Lord of my life, that he's king of my life. In our jobs, in our families, our schools, and even our checkbooks, because God in Christ is king over every one of these spheres of life. Wow. The only way the kingdom of God is going to be manifested in this world before Christ comes is if we manifest it by the way in which we live as citizens of heaven and subjects of the king. Wow. How do we do that? How do we do that? Dwight, are you wringing your hands? I'm not. I'm the church, man. I'm the church. I'm a powerful dude. How about you? Huh? Don't believe the lie that you're not. If you've got Christ living in you, you're powerful. You've believed the lie that has marginalized you, that has minimized you. And tomorrow when you go to work, you need to realize I'm the church. I'm to bring the kingdom of God here to push back the darkness, to bring hope. How can we do that? Well, here's the first thing we need to do. Remember your forgiveness. Man, I, I tell you what, I need forgiveness so much and I've experienced forgiveness so much. I want everybody that I know to experience forgiveness. Man, I, I meet with men all the time and sometimes they'll tell me things and they're so ashamed and so full of guilt. And you know what I say? You're forgiven. Go to Jesus. He'll forgive you of everything you've ever done or even thought. And I will tell him, I say, I'm so glad you don't know my thoughts this past week. That's the grace of God. When you understand how much you've been forgiven, man, you want everybody to experience it, especially if you're as bad off as I am. Because I need it. I mean, I have to have grace every single day. And when I remember my forgiveness of what God has done in my own life, I said, man, you know what? There's other men that need that. There's other people who need that. And that gives me the courage to do. I'm an introvert. I know you don't believe it, but I am. But when the power of God comes on me, hey, you know what? He gives me the strength to be able to go places I wouldn't naturally go. He gives me the ability to work through the awkwardness and the uncomfortable state that sometimes things bring. Remember your forgiveness. Here's the second one. Remember your identity. You're, you're a child of God. Are you kidding me? 
We're not only bringing the kingdom to earth, our daddy is the king of the kingdom. Wow. And as we live in humility and as we live with a spirit of gratitude, what happens is you will ooze with freedom and gratitude and people will say, what's up with you? Because they'll sense something different about you because you're living out your, 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 your identity of being a son or a daughter of the king. And then remember your priority. What's our priority? It's to love God and love people. That's it. It's that simple. Love God and love people. And when you understand how much God is loving you, when you understand that, that, that you're accepting and experiencing God's grace, you know what? What happens is you'll extend it to other people. Listen, I, I can't withstand extending grace to other people because I need it so much in my own life. So remember your priority. And then fourth, remember your calling. We're called to be the church, not go to church. Not go to church. God, you see, I'm here today. Bless me. No, you are called to be the church. The church in a broken world, a fallen world. And if you live with a kingdom mindset, you will naturally invite other people to experience what you have. And then we need to remember your enemy. You know what? You got somebody who wants to deceive you, disrupt you, discourage you, defeat you in every single way. And you need to just be aware of him. Not afraid of him, just aware of him. That he's, he's gonna tell you all kinds of things to try to marginalize you and minimize you. And if you, listen, if you will live out the kingdom of God, and if you will say, God, I want you to be king of my life, you will usher in the presence of God and his kingdom into earth, and you will live a contagious life. You'll be salt and light. You'll make a difference, and our world so desperately needs it. That's God's original intent. So let's be the church, all right? They're crying out. They're crying out because they're hurting. I want you to listen to this song, okay? Because this is by prayer for you, for me, for us. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you today for who you are. We thank you for eyewitnesses who experienced you while you walked on earth and they, they wrote letters, they documented, they took down things so that we, living 2,000 years later, would be able to have facts and have truth and that we might be able to learn and see what your original intent was. And that was that we would be the church, that we would be the hope of the world, that, that we would speak life, not death, that we would speak light, not darkness, that, that we would be the hope of the world, living and teaching your truth. And so God, I pray for myself and I pray for my friends and I pray for New Point. And not only New Point, I pray for every church that names the name of Christ, that we would be who you originally intended us to be and that our world would never be the same because it is hurting, it is broken, it is crying out for someone who has the power, who has the power to be able to change things. And we do through you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses. Or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.